together in spirit, forward in faith. We're beginning a, an effort to renew your commitment to the capital campaign. We need uh, The congregation needs the money to complete uh, the, the building project, which will be unfolding ahead of you. And this, these words were used three years ago when this project was initiated, together in spirit, forward in faith. They are good words. Christy's taking credit for them. <laughs> they are good words. They, they speak of mission. As I have said before you repeatedly, which is probably the only sermon I have really given since I've been here, pastors, it's the joke, we only have one sermon that we keep recycling in different formats. As I have said, all of my church-going life has been spent in dialogue with a vast demographic change and cultural change that's impacted mainline churches. All of my life, as a churchgoer, this has been the case. Los Altos United Methodist Church in 1968 had 2,900 or so members. Today, Still a large church by standards, but just over 600. That's 2,900 from 1968 to 600 today. And that's just not your story. That's the story of most all first churches in the mainline Protestant tradition. I've been working on a, a conversation about this, and I have about the outline of it ready. Many of our congregations when have recognizing this have set out to identify problems and fixing them. And that's what we do best. The word method in Methodism is about identifying problems, figuring out a method, and fixing it. And that's been more or less what we've pursued over the last 30 or 40 years. But in the process, most Many congregations have frozen in fear of death when one or two fixes didn't work. Just by the way, as we reflect on the gospel, you, should, you might want to consider that the, that the fear of death and the reality of a failing ministry has absolutely nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mostly in these decades, we ended up blaming worship. The w mountains of literature have been written about the worship wars. Generally, we launched many new service, services, and mostly that didn't change much from 1968 till today. The problem, think, lies deeper. Self-preservation is not an adequate mission. Let me state that clearly. The desire for self-preservation as a congregation is in no sense adequate to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We might go over that again in, at Gethsemane on Good Friday, but you might consider that. 
In the face of death, as Jesus did, we have the opportunity to consider who or whose we really are. In the 1980s, the United Methodist Church, attempting to fix a problem, decided we needed a mission statement. Something a little more productive, a little more systematic. So since then, the United Methodist Church took a biblical verse and said, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And then we set about creating systems to do that. Lost on the church in that era is that churches really don't make disciples. God does. But the problem with elevating those words to the mission statement of the entire church was that making disciples for Jesus Christ came a, became a, a synonym, a sort of placeholder for we need more people. And so that mission statement was nothing other than an effort to preserve ourselves. Why are we here? To preserve Los Altos United Methodist Church, to preserve the first service, to preserve your own opinions, our way of life, the nation state. Today's Gospels, Jesus was presented with a trick question. Is it faithful to pay taxes to the emperor? It was good religious folks posing this question to Jesus, by the way. Whenever a good way to read, you will not go wrong in reading the New Testament if you are... Uh, churchgoer in our time, is to whenever you see the word Pharisee, insert ourselves. That's how to read the New Testament. The Pharisees were the good religious folks. And how easily that morphs into something else. Jesus was asked the question, this trick question, in order to entrap him. Before two groups of people, one group of people would have said, it is in insisted as proper to pay taxes to the emperor. The other folks, the Pharisees would have been a bit offended by this because on the face of the coin on which the taxes were paid, Emperor Augustus, and underneath the picture of the emperor, it would say the divine, the divine son of God. So there's a problem in answering this question. The answer has been interpreted over the breadth of Christian history in a couple of ways. One, as a brilliant escape. Given a trick question, Jesus gives a trick answer. Give me a coin, he says. Let's look. And so on one side was the picture of Caesar. On the other, we don't quite get that far. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and give unto God what is God's. It's a brilliant answer, out of a tight spot. And many have taken this as a guide to the relationship between church and state. Give 
unto the state, city, and nation what is due, and give unto God what is God. It's a good answer. If our mission is self-preservation, if the mission of the church is to maintain the right place in the civic culture, it's the right answer. It's the right answer for Jesus if Jesus' life goal is to stay cleanly in order. I see no evidence in the Gospels that Jesus' mission was to preserve his way of being. There is something that drove him forward in faith. More than that. See, on the one side of the coin, he invited folks to ponder was a single image, that of Caesar. Upon that coin from that point unto today is the totalitarian impulse in humanity that the truth is singular, one person, one way of thinking. One way of believing. It's my way or the highway. This is the totalitarian impulse in the human being. I was reminded of this. I saw a number of artistic events this week. One is I dove into a small theater production of Cabaret. And you've seen that? It's about the transition of, of... of Germany into Nazi Germany, and there's a in the middle of the second act is the a beautiful German folk folk to- song that becomes an instrument of the totalitarian state almost before your eyes. It's pretty shocking how easily that happens. Which would be the point of the play. There's in fact a, a hymn in the hymnal, "Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken." We rarely sing it because that tune was used by the Nazis. It's so easy, so easy for that transition to take place in faith and culture, that totalitarian image, that one Caesar divine. Jesus says, give me the coin. Let's see who's on it. Now I'm really curious about what's on the other side of the other coin. Last night in this room, there was an extraordinary concert with the Cal State Bob Cole Conservatory course. And I've been to a number of these events over the years, including as a music student myself. But there seemed to be something, both in this concert and one that I sang in earlier this season, there seemed to be something deeper in the room, a longing longing that the world might change in the music, in the students, in the audience. It was a program about social justice, the desire for peace springing forth from young voices and a world in need. My guess is there are not a lot of folks in this room last night that remain in churches today. We live for good and ill in a secular culture in which 
the religion, default culture, is no longer religion. It's no religion. You may disagree, but in many ways I consider this to be a good thing and advance, because it means that no one religion can put our face on the front of that coin. I'm grateful for that, but it's part of the path our churches have taken. It was interesting to me, and listening to that concert, A couple of weeks ago, I witnessed a conversation uh, attempting attempting to bridge that divide between music and this place in which all are welcome. And the problem is that the the secular world is unable to turn the corn over. Belatedly, the United Methodist Church did revise its mission statement to make disciples, and then we added, for (laughs) the transformation of the world. Last night, this church was full of young people, their parents, praying in words and song. The words of a 14-year-old Somali immigrant who herself had witnessed the horrors humanity can inflict when they put one image in the place of the holy. This 14-year-old in this poetry competition put forward these words, and it's captured the imaginations of a composer and a number of local chorus masters. If we work together, we can mend the crack in the sky. The words of a 14-year-old from another faith tradition and from a distant place in the midst of horrors come here looking for hope, sung in the voices of a rich tapestry of humanity. If We can be together in spirit. We can mend the crack in the sky. And as I listened to that prayer, I realized that all the texts, both from my concert and from the choir and I sang and from the choirs last night, were drawn from spiritual traditions. Not just one anymore, but almost a worldwide call. But it turns out, and this is what motivates me, in order to turn that coin over, to behold on the other side of the coin the glory of God, the glory of God in our tradition, in faith traditions, I would say as a whole, is the human being fully alive. As an ancient Hebrew scholar put it, when humanity goes to create the image of itself, it stamps coins. Each one identical to the other. 
when God creates in God's own image, God creates all of humanity, no one exactly alike. That is the hope of the world. It is why we are here on this corner in this time and place to enable people to make that bridge in a time where it's being lost. The glory of God is not just ourselves. Our mission is not just the self-preservation of our own faith, our own ideas, our own faces, our own opinions, but it's enable the whole world to turn that coin over and see the glory of God, which can only be held great diversity and beauty of the human being fully alive in this glorious world. In that Exodus passage, God cannot be seen. The only way we can see God, we are now taught, is to behold God's image in the glory of all creation and each and every human face. Forward in faith, together in spirit. May it be so. And to God alone will be the glory, now and forever.